0: you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
2: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shot on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation.
0: No Mackie for this one, but you do have Zolgad, you do have Declan Goff, and the most important person on a Reckless Speculation Thursday is the man who comes not only to recklessly speculate with the rest of his buddies, but also, but also, yes, you, Darren Doogie Wolfson, you come with the information that, uh, that only insiders get and that people absolutely love. It's why they tune in on Reckless Speculation Thursday, and it's why we love to talk to you on a day that is hallowed as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, of the week. Oh,
1: it's not well, even close, Judd. Not welcome, even close. Welcome,
0: sir. Yes, I wanna, hello. I want to start here. I well, want to start. How about the this? Start,
1: yeah, go up? ahead. Well, go ahead. The I'll start get to of the
0: NFL yeah.
1: offseason. I'll get to some reckless okay. speculation here in a bit. Okay.
0: Yes, you will. In two weeks, we've got the Super Bowl, but the start of the off season is really the Senior Bowl because that's where teams congregate in Mobile, Alabama to watch prospects, not all of them, but prospects, take part in workouts as we ramp up for free agency and the draft. It's where covert conversations start. And so let's start there. The Minnesota Vikings offseason has commenced, Darren.
1: It has. I mean, you think about Kevin O'Connell, Quacey Adolfo Mensa, Ryan Grigson, so many other high-ranking front office officials, scouts. Go to Vikings.com. Look at all the names what fancy titles in the scouting department. They are all in Mobile. You have some Vikings assistant coaches literally coaching this week, right? So you've got assistant coaches down there for scouting sake. You also have some of their staff helping during practices and what have you. So the Vikings are gaining all sorts of knowledge, sometimes intimate knowledge this week. Perhaps the most important thing about being in Mobile this week is the face-to-face interaction you have with all these prospects. So they changed the interview process starting this year. So the Vikings literally will spend at least 10 minutes with every prospect at the senior bowl. They can request an additional 15 minutes with a prospect, non-quarterbacks, which they have some DB, some defensive linemen, right? Go up and down the list. So you would do that Tuesday and Wednesday. You did that today, Monday, Those are the times booked marked for just having these 10-minute interactions. Now, quarterbacks is different. Like the Vikings, just like every team, will get like 40 minutes with each quarterback, something in that ballpark, but you then can request an additional 15 minutes. So if people are interested in that, I will do some digging on that, like Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Spencer Rattler. Now, a lot of the quarterbacks, you know, J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, some of the other guys are not in Mobile, but... Nick's is down there, and Penix is down there. And depending on what you think of Spencer Rattler, he is down there as well. So I will do my due diligence, maybe heading into next Tuesday, next time I join you, on whether the Vikings requested an additional 15 minutes. But bottom line, they are getting really good face time with all those quarterbacks down there, in addition to just about every player down
2: there. Dukes, it's felt like, and I know you've had some notes on this, during the college football season, they spent a lot of time at Michigan looking at J.J. McCarthy. Now they're looking at Bo Nix, and obviously right now at the Senior Bowl, they're going to get a look at Michael Penix. If you were guessing, do you think internally with the due diligence that they've done, it feels like they've done a lot so far on J.J. McCarthy? Do you think Bo Nix is close on the amount of due diligence that they've been able to do? Do they want more vetting on him? It just seems like J.J. has been the one that they've really liked and targeted a lot. Is Bo Nix probably also part of their plans to try to get a little bit more information on
1: him? Well, yeah. Getting more information, Declan, 100%. But, like, they had multiple scouts attend Oregon practices. Heck, going back to when he was at Auburn, right? I mean, really, the due diligence started years ago. It really does. So they take these diligent notes. They save all those notes. You know, I test all that. So, I mean, they have the book on Bo Nix going back to his time as an Auburn Tiger. But certainly, an Oregon duck. So it's not just game evaluation. Certainly they had multiple people see Bo Nix in person multiple times. So they got the in-game look and Hey, that's as much as, you know, how does he interact with his teammates pregame? What do his pregame ups look like? Right. I mean, that's when scouts are down on the field, you know, making those observations, we can all watch game video, right? So whether you're in the press box or in the stands during the game or, you know, getting the coaches film. I don't know how much that matters, but they love to see a kid interact. What does he do pregame? But they attended practices. They attended games. So they have enough of a book, at least that's my sense, enough of a book on Bo Nix. But, yes, there is no doubt they have a very thick book on J.J. McCarthy of Michigan.
0: And what's um, intriguing about this, though, is, you know, the, the quarterbacks are the sexy topic, Dukes. But the reality is this, to your point, we're talking about defensive tackles, defensive ends, rush ends in in a 3-4, cornerbacks. Like this team has a lot of needs and they need a lot of depth. I keep coming back to to that. I think the one thing we don't talk about cuz it's not as much fun is the lack of depth here possibly as well. So there is an interesting array of needs here. Um quarterback certainly could be one and that's going to be focused on, but on defense with Brian Flores coming back after incredibly not getting an interview, not getting in front of one team for a head coaching job, Uh, you got to really focus on what this team could do defensively in the draft, especially if Hunter leaves as a free agent in March.
1: Amen. Okay, you brought up the name, Brian Flores. Reckless speculation. Let me make this very, very clear. Reckless speculation. Do not... not aggregate this. Please do not. I mean, I guess, do whatever the heck you want. I have no control over that. Hold on. on. I'm
0: I'm clipping it right now.
1: But I did have somebody reach out to me inquiring, picking my brain, wondering okay, Boston College's head coach leaves to become the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. Yes, sir. Brian Flores was a stud Boston College linebacker way back when. Is it at all possible? I'm not even suggesting Brian would listen. But is it at all possible that Boston College, speaking of doing due diligence, oh is God. Brian Flores one of the people they reach out to? Hold on, I'm going to tweet this first. of all. speculation.
0: <laughs> Doogie at dear. Okay, look for Brian Flores to be on BC's radio. I mean, it's a great. It's a great question, and
1: it's more I, a question. I, you know it's not me reporting one.
0: I, I didn't put darn the, thing. I promise. I it's more a question.
1: Somebody reached out to well, me, so I'm what? bringing it to this forum.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you, with, with um, th- this is the first I've heard this idea, So, but I'm going to give you the top thought from me. I checked with some of my sources, and I was told the Vikings did not get a request. Eight openings. Did not get a request to talk to a guy who ordinarily, if he was not suing the league, would have been talked to. Might not have gotten a job. Yes. But he, but he would have been mm-hmm. talked to. And, and I was sort of shot down. Because I assumed, well, if it's eight offensive guys, but you've had defensive guys hired—Mike McDonald hired by Seattle, DC at Baltimore, uh, DC, I believe, at Michigan the year before—that's not that silly a thought. If Dan Brian Quint? Flores yeah. wants to become a head coach again, now BC, I don't know what—I don't know if that's a great job or not—and and and I do think college coaching is going to suffer greatly. Well, it because is. Well, I mean, just look NIL, at this. Why is the BC awful, coach awful. leaving? Right, right I mean,
1: because it's awful. Yes.
0: But, but not the silliest thing I've heard if he wants to be a head coach again that he might need to do that until the lawsuit is done. Interesting thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, just something to think about. Now as I opine, continue to opine, it's I good see good. Brian Flores as the Vikings defensive coordinator in 2024. Right. But I'm just saying, somebody reached out and said, hey, what do you think? So, thus, I bring it to your attention. But he did play there. That job is and now that guy open, was surprisingly Flores. open. I don't think anybody had the foresight well, even a few days you answer, ago. What do you
0: think? Should I go after the job, <laughs> Darren?
1: <laughs> so, anyway, just something interesting right. to think about. But, yeah, I see Brian Flores as the Vikings DC here in 2024. But you're right. I mean, yes. I mean, heck. Not to say that there wasn't a sense of urgency, that they didn't have all sorts of staff members in Mobile this time last year, mm-hmm. but it just seems like, heck, you're in correspondence with some people down there, so some observations from some people feet on the ground, that the Vikings just seems like there's more a sense of urgency. They're more omnipresent, more locked mm-hmm. in. You know, there's different ways to quantify that, but it just it seems like It's at another level in terms of the Vikings doing their work in Mobile this week. Dukes, obviously, with the Packers getting
2: a D.C., I think I saw on a listicle that wasn't being reported, but when they were trying to figure out who could replace Joe Barry, I believe the Athletic just threw out, hey, what about Mike Zimmer as a potential D.C. option in Green Bay? And I could see that working very well in Mike's favor, getting some revenge on the team that fired him, looking at him to get back into the gig. He did a sit-down Tom Pelissero not too long ago of NFL Network. Do you know anything, if that name ever came up, or are you surprised that he hasn't maybe even gotten back into coaching so far? Or maybe what is your sense of him wanting to get back into coaching in the NFL?
1: Yeah, I mean, he wants to coach. I mean, even prior to the interview with Tom, like, yeah, he wants to get back into it. He is ready. He's been doing a lot of work on his ranch there in Kentucky. He's ready to get back after it. So he wants to work. He wants to coach, willing to accept an assistant-type job, a D.C., Or some other type job that's not a head coaching job. I did not hear his name attached to Green Bay. Doesn't mean it was or wasn't, Declan. I'm just telling you, like me personally, never once heard him attached to that Packers job. You know, now that Dan Quinn, as of this morning, is the new Washington Commanders head coach, the Dallas Cowboys do need to hire now a defensive coordinator. Now they have some logical candidates in-house. So is it as simple as promoting one of the position coaches to D.C.? But This is what we alluded to a couple weeks ago, right? Before any of these eight openings were filled, we just said, hey, it looks like Dan Quinn has a chance to get one of these jobs. Okay, he ultimately gets the Washington job connection to Rick Spielman, by the way. In fact, if Rick was still here, maybe this is a little reckless too, Judd, but if Rick doesn't get fired, just Zim and Rick had a say in who the next head coach of the Vikings was going to be, I really wonder if Dan Quinn would have been the hire. He absolutely well, was going to be in distinct the mix
0: possibility. Well, and well you, he was it, in the it, mix
1: anyway, but like he was going to be like, recall- that's one of Rick's guys. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind.
2: Just download the Tom Bernard show app, wherever you get your podcasts or visit Tom Bernard it's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
0: If you recall, when Rick first got here, and and at that time, we didn't know his, uh, his control. And it, it turned out, in hindsight, Childress had basically the de facto GM job. But if you recall, at that point in time, we talked about if Childress goes, would Rick, hire dave wants back then he loves his defensive guys loves his meat and potato guys zimmer was one wants that was one dan quinn's one so yeah i think that's e- exactly right so on the reckless speculation path here's another one and i'm gonna lead reckless you down this path so i'm not gonna blow it right away but i All right, let I me reach out i'm
1: gonna hold your hand okay i'm following you
0: okay i'm leading you down the path grab my shoulders um <laughs> and and We opened today's Purple Daily episode with a talker about the fact that there have been eight coaching changes in 2023 or after. I believe in the last two years, there have been 13 coaching changes. And Mackie found a stat that something like the last 20 coaches or something last an average of three and a half years per term, which is incredibly short. So here was our first question, and it could involve crazy too, but we we focused in this episode on O'Connell. What do you sense with Kevin getting a four-year contract? And by the way, the Carolina and Seattle guys, first-year coaches themselves, got six years. Mm -hmm. What is your sense on the potential for an O'Connell extension this offseason or him going into 2024 with a tremendous amount of pressure to win? Because I will say this, for the most part, as you know, four-year contracts are not the norm. Five is probably the norm. Six must be the new sort of norm. Um, but it is, I don't think it gets discussed enough that the Vikings gave their GM and coach relatively short-term contracts.
1: I'm glad you brought this up. I can't see a contract extension happening before the start of the season. Hmm. That they okay. love him that much. For both or just or just Kevin? For sure, Kevin. Okay. Not sure on Kwasi. I mean, maybe they're attached in that regard. They don't have the same representation, but maybe they are. But Kevin, yes. I absolutely can see a contract extension for Kevin before the season starts. Yes. All right, so here's part
0: two, mm-hmm. and this is reckless as it gets. This is don't aggregate reckless. this. Too late.
1: In fact, <laughs> AJ's you, it. AJ,
0: in, in fact, this. if you don't like Joe Nelson, all ears right yeah. now. Joe, Adam, come on, click it. click away. <laughs> okay, though if the Vikings have a disappointing 2024 and O'Connell doesn't get an extension, we all know that the Wolf's pride and joy remains the New York Football Giants. We know they love Bill Parcells. Now, Bill Parcells is long retired. I'm not going down that path. But for you youngsters out there, Bill Parcells once had an assistant, a defensive coordinator, his name, William Belichick. What would you – Bill Belichick is clearly going to have to take a year off. If the Vikings disappoint in 2024, you think there's any way – because I don't think Bill wants to retire – I really don't. I think he's been forced to. I think he was not nearly the hot candidate that we expected. I think he probably wants a ton of control. We can debate this. We can debate how good he is right now. But I got to be honest. I've covered him for a long time. It would it would not surprise me if the Wolves at least shot their shot with Bill Belichick if they have a disappointing t- 2024. What do you think?
1: All right. My rebuttal, what exactly does the 2024 roster look like? is Kirk Cousins on the roster? Is Daniil Hunter on the roster?
0: Let's say they are and it di- and it disappoints.
1: Okay. Like I'm not dismissing it. All right, no, those two I'm, guys I'm are back. Out there's
0: reckless speculation. Yeah, okay, it's a so reckless speculation.
1: Each Safety is under contractual control then for 2025. Right? If Cousins is back, in all likelihood he's back and here not just in 2024 but also in 2025. Right? Am I yep. right in?
0: Yep, yep, yep. Go mm-hmm. down the path. The mm-hmm. path you're going down. Yep. Nope, you're right.
1: And they have to have a disappointing year. Like, how do you define oh. disappointing year?
0: Miss the playoffs, win six or seven games again. But All right, you don't but look do like injuries you're just derail the season? No, let's say they don't.
1: All right. I mean, that, just there's a lot going year. on there, Jed, But but I mean, Kirk Cousins coming off. Uh, sell me Achilles. on that. Yeah, you could sell yeah, me on that. You sign
0: him, it doesn't go well. I'm just saying. That but like, the if they decide,
1: okay. Like, Shooter threw out there, what, 290 to get Cousins back? And I'm not sure the Vikings would go that high. Like, I still feel like there's a Agreed. price point that they won't exceed. Agreed. And $45 million a year seems a little too thick. Again, I'm opining there. I'm not reporting that. I'm opining. All right, but that's just my sense, that that's just too much. All right, so if you're going quarterback at pick 11 or you move up or... Maybe you go cornerback or defensive lineman at pick 11, but then move into the back of the first round, nab, you know, the Oregon quarterback, Washington quarterback, McCarthy from Michigan, whomever. So you've got this young quarterback. I don't know then if I see Bill Belichick here in 2025.
0: Okay. Yep.
2: Duke's going to the Twins, so obviously they finally make a big move. They trade a Jorge Polanco for four players, get a couple major league guys back, a couple prospects back, but then Derek Falvey also saying we're going to use some of the surplus. they got in the money in the trade. Maybe go after a bat. Uh, What are you hearing? What are you knowing? Where, Where are you kind of connecting dots of who could be on the Twins' radar to maybe bring in as a free agent bat?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really has picked up the last 48 hours. All sorts of phone calls received. Phone calls made, text messages sent, text messages received. Trust me, at this point, as we now flip the calendar to February, the month that spring training begins, a lot of agents are getting antsy. There are so many free agents still on the board. These agents representing these free agents are trying to be proactive, right? So they are reaching out. They see a clear need for the Twins, whether at first base or corner outfield, especially these agents that represent these right-handed bats. So, in many ways, it's these agents reaching out to the twins saying, Hey, my client is an ideal fit for you guys. But the twins have been receptive the last two days. So, yeah, the hot stove finally getting hot the last 48 hours, Declan. Heck, they still are kicking the tires on free agent starter Michael Lorenzen. Now, I don't think Lorenzen ends up here, but it's not like they are 100% moving off the idea of acquiring a starting pitcher. Plus, hey, could trade talks reemerge? I mean, we've touched on this, right? Like Corbin Burns. Of course they've chatted with the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't think the Brewers are trading Corbin Burns, but what if things change? The Twins now acquired an additional top 100 prospect in the Polanco trade. The Twins have ammo if they want to strike on one of these really good uh, starters that's available via trade. But yeah, I think right now the fixation needs to be on even more so an outfield bat, not necessarily a first base bat, but they could do both. Like I had one agent tell me, hey, like maybe... Like, if they wanted to, like, just one example, right? Because these are two guys that are on their radar, right? I mean, we can debate how high on the radar, but, like, Randall Gritcheck, Garrett Cooper. I mean, you could do both, right? Even though you're slashing payroll, you don't want to spend an absurd amount of money, you could do one-year deals with both those guys. So you could add a first baseman and an outfielder. Now, we can debate whether Randall Gritchek can even play center. In his mind, yeah, he's still capable of playing some center maybe more so a corner outfielder, mashes lefties. I don't know if you want Randall in the lineup so much against righties, but you'll face enough lefties that you could do both of those. Or do you just sign somebody like Adam Duvall? I mean, how many times have I brought up that name? They've Mm -hmm. had interest in Adam Duvall in the past. But like Donovan Solano would love to be back, Declan. So that's what I'm saying. There are so many guys still on the board. I mean, I've not heard of Jorge Soler steam, but he's still out there. J.D. Martinez, the Twins have a great relationship with J.D.'s agent Scott, right? So now J.D. is strictly a D.H. Solaire, probably just a D.H., but you might feel okay putting Solaire in one of the corner outfield spots. But these are guys still all available. So they are going to sign at least one of these guys, and I think it'll happen probably in the next week or so, maybe less. And I'd probably put Duvall Top of that list, Now, I've been asked a lot, Declan, about Tommy Pham. Here's what I'll say about Tommy Pham. He's another guy that's available. So last trade deadline, so last, you know, late July, I checked with two Twins officials on Tommy Pham. They both brought up, what's the best way to phrase this? Not necessarily the best fit in the clubhouse. He's a yeah, boisterous, he's an odd. He's now is it possible the one
0: that got in the fight? Oh, yeah, with, uh, and uh, Jack there's Peterson even yeah football. Yeah, and fight with the, there's maybe a little bit more there, too, right? Yes. Yeah. So,
1: anyway, is it possible that. their opinion on that has changed in the last six months? I suppose. I just haven't heard any Tommy Fam steam in the last couple days, and I just harken back to what I was told in July. That's why I think Duvall is more realistic, or perhaps Gricek, you know, maybe one of those other bats I mentioned. But I think he also wants somebody that can play a little defense so I don't know if you want to just marry yourself to a strictly D H type bat. I mean, that's surely JD Martinez. Jorge Soler, we can debate that. I don't know. Can you He's play him in the DH. outfield? Maybe yeah, a butcher. But
2: yeah. You, you so can. I think
1: you need no. somebody that can roam around out there. Right. So, you know, like there's other teams in on Duval. Like the Reds are looking for an outfielder, the Padres are looking for an outfielder. There's some other teams as well. I would imagine the Red Sox have some interest in retaining Adam Duval. But that certainly is a name I would keep an eye on.
0: Is Max Kepler safe now?
1: Well, from you know what, based on Based on the way Rocco was gushing about Max last week at Dunkers. Now, remember, that's also s- supposed to be secretive, right? You're not supposed to hear anything that happens at Dunkers. So but for
0: Shooter, who loves to get
1: stuff from it. And yeah, report it. well, there's 100 people in the room. Of course, stuff's going <laughs> to get out. But based on the way Rocco was talking about Kepler at Dunkers yeah. last week, I'm telling yep. you, I will be surprised. I'm not saying, like, no way, no how he's untouchable. But at this point, I'll be surprised if Max Kepler's not the starting right fielder on March 28th, opening day in Kansas City. One
2: name, Dukes, that I threw out to these guys on a twin show. Speculation. Maybe maybe, maybe plant some seeds here. Maybe maybe check in on this one. How about Anthony Santander in Baltimore? Mm. Entering the last Love year him. of his deal. Big bat for them and that young and up-and-coming Orioles team, but they also have a... Just a boatload of prospects ready to pop and take other spots, too. And that Baltimore team is, like, still second to last in payroll. Santander is the second highest paid player on the team. I
1: could see I'm a fit there. big, big fan. I mean, you can also look at Tampa, like Harold Ramirez. Yeah. Right? I mean, Tampa's always looking to wheel and deal. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Santander. Big fan, though. Big, big fan. I mean, Baltimore's got big expectations, Declan. Are they really moving him right now? Um,
0: and they're going to be sold. Mm-hmm. to a new group including including cal ripkin so my question is are, are they actually going to increase payroll a, as a sign of good faith because i mean the one thing is the Angelos dropped off the table uh as far as tv goes darren um at athletic had a very interesting like breakdown of things with the rsn's including the free agent twins and said that the twins are among the teams expected to land back on valleys for a year mm-hmm.
1: makes sense i talked yeah.
0: to i talked to some folks at the luncheon last week it sounds like something is coming soon mm-hmm. my fear is this i think there's a great unknown on streaming and that that to me like the games are going to end up on tv so 54 year old Judd can watch the games but but baseball's not concerned about me they're concerned about your kids—they're concerned about younger people. What do we know? They about just watch that? TikTok because, well, that's true. And they watch the highlight packages. And this, this is a very—that's very, a very good point. um But as far as the streaming goes, that's the biggest concern, I think. Because I will say this: the Amazon part has not been approved by the bankruptcy court judge yet, and might not be till May and June. And I was told there is still a chance that they could bail. And if they bail, you're back to bally streaming it, and that is. Uh, absolute disaster as Declan
1: and you can tell me. Oh, absolutely. Now, here's what's not unknown. They've known for a while that all along they were never touching the 50-something million dollars they made last year on their local TV rights that whatever this look is for 2024 and yeah, I mean it sounds like it'll just it'll look like it did last year, but like they've never put it this way. They've known they never were going to touch, what was it, $54 million they 54, made in the final year yeah. of that deal? Yeah, 54 55 thought. yeah. They were never touching that, so they've been able to plan all along. That's partly why they went on the record so early in the offseason that they were going to cut payroll. Interesting.
0: I will say this as a problem because it's not a Twins thing. It's a baseball thing. You've had a lot of teams. It's, it's almost a form of, Legal collusion, you know, the Rangers, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, who have really pulled back. And here's the interesting curveball that I didn't see coming, but it definitely came after saying that they would spend your buddies with the Red Sox, who have Nessen, which is their own network. It's like, yes, it's like the Dodgers. They're not spending. So, like, this has been one of the more intriguing free agent offseasons based on nothing more then teams really pulling back, and a bunch of teams saying it's because of what the Twins said, which is our TV rights have strong.
1: Well, I mean, even the Cubs. Now, the Cubs may have some news here in the next day or two that they've re-signed Cody Bellinger to a monster contract, right? Like $200 million, but in this yep. moment, the Cubs have spent very little this winter. So that's another team with their own network, right, that you know you would think the Cubs would have been all in on upgrading they had a good year last year ready to take that next step you know division that's there for the taking in many ways but so far crickets although I'm telling you I wouldn't be shocked if if Ballinger ends up back there uh final scoop Stoogs what else has he got in that scoop back? yeah so on the Wolves there have been discussions on an extension for Mike Conley Jr. Hmm. so remember there are a lot of guys that are not extension eligible in season He's the opposite. He's actually extension eligible right this moment. So not to get into all the minutiae, but like if the Wolves wanted to sign Mike Conley Jr. to a contract extension today, they could do that. Now, it's not far down the road, anything like that, but there have been discussions. Last time I brought that up a couple months ago, I said, no, nothing's off the ground. At this point, it's at least a little bit off the ground. So Mike Conley Jr., an unrestricted free agent this summer. The NBA trade deadline one week from today, February 8th, 2 o'clock central. The Wolves continue to make calls, but there's also interest. I'm telling you, I touched on this on Tuesday. There's interest when it comes to the buyout market. You know, who is going to hit the buyout market? You know, do the Spurs find a trade partner for Doug McDermott? Or does McDermott hit the bio market? And so the Wolves are juggling a few different things. I did check again on Tyus Jones. Like, I know there are Tyus Jones fans at Mayo Clinic Square. It sounds like now, hey, maybe the price comes down like next Wednesday, 24 hours out. But right now, yeah. the price is still pretty darn high. First round pick, the Wolves, because of the Steppian rule, they can't even trade their 2024 first round pick. Not that they would anyway, but the point is, like the Wolves just, there's not a match. I've been saying that since December. There's not really a match for Tyus Jones, the pending unrestricted free agent, the former Wolf. Who continues to perform at a very, very solid level? Like Tyus Jones would help these guys so much, but it sounds like Washington is still asking for too much. That's a trade that I just, it's hard for me to find a match, Minnesota and Washington. Great stuff, Dukes. All right. And hey, the reason why we there pushed this a little bit for later. One more. Yeah. I was waiting for of that. Of course. Yeah. It's Stopped a tradition. Purpose. Yeah. traditionally, yeah, I know, but yeah, I, unlike I allowed of. it
0: to breathe. Yeah.
1: So I was just down on campus, got to know Max Brosmer, the new Gophers quarterback, the transfer from New Hampshire. I'm telling you. Yeah. Impressive. Like I'm firing him, quick questions, snap of the fingers, like he's processing what I'm asking, gave me really detailed answers, and then off camera, you That's just I saw his personality. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, they come off as robotic. I was yeah. really impressed. So in the moment, Get I just got back from, from campus him. a little Good bit arm. ago. Really impressive.
0: What's that? I said, D- did you catch some passes from him? Did no, I
1: did him? not. No, no. Did you run
0: some routes for we him? We were in the like, indoor
1: facility, but no, I did not run any routes. No, I'm in dress dude, shoes. You got to me some passes. I know. I know. We have to do some TV right. taping later, so I'm all dressed up. Not that I'm capable of running anyway. I'm 44 now, Judd. Like, my fear is, be like, be my Achilles. Like, you talk to enough, like, late 30, 40-year-old. Yep. Yep. Like, oh, I know, I know like, one friend who played softball last summer, ripped up his Achilles. Like, that's my fear, that my Achilles will just yeah, tear, much like there. Kirk Cousins.
0: Exactly right. All right, Dukes. Great Thank stuff. Thanks, right, a Talk to you again for, on one. Tuesday. Yep.
1: See ya.